If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind, speak it out in faith, then according to God's word whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. Do you believe God's word is true? Do you believe Proverbs 18.21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue? Do you believe Mark 11.23 and 24 that you can speak to the mountain? You say, yeah, I believe that, but I'm not sure I have enough faith to make it happen. Well, let's take a look at that. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised word of God in bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello and welcome to this episode of All Things Are Possible. I'm your host, S.T. Smith, reminding you that Jesus is Lord and your words will either bring you victory in life or cause you to be defeated. So with the word of God open on the screen in front of me, let's look at this week's nugget. In Luke chapter 8, verses 22 to 27, remember when the disciples became afraid in the midst of the storm? Jesus asked them, where's your faith? Later, Jesus spoke to them and said, O ye of little faith, in Luke 12 and verse 28. Well, they didn't seem to like that. So in Luke 17, 5, they decided to ask him to give them more faith. It says that the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Well, the apostles couldn't read Mark 4 or Mark eleven twenty three to 24 to find out how the kingdom of God operates. Then again, in Matthew 17, the disciples failed to cast a demon out of a boy. So Jesus had to do it. Later, when, when Jesus was alone with them, they, they asked him why they couldn't do it. And Jesus said unto them in verse 20, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Oh, you know, I love that. Now, these words are very similar to what Jesus said in Luke 17, 6. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up. Remember that? Both of these examples, the, the mountain in Matthew 17, 20, and the sycamine tree in Luke 17, 6, refer to the problem, to the circumstance before them, uh, the challenge they faced, the curveballs of life. Now, notice, Jesus did not say, if you have faith the size of a seed, but if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Jesus is using an example of a type of seed that's familiar to the apostles. Now, if Jesus had been in the Midwest where I grew up, he would have said, if you have faith as a corn seed, look, the size of the seed doesn't matter. And that's not what he was stressing. The point is that the seed is good for one thing, to plant. Jesus is saying, you don't need more faith, but you must be willing to plant it, to put it to work, to say to the problem, be removed. God's word contains total power, but it has to be planted in our hearts and allowed to germinate before it releases that power. Notice that this doesn't happen by asking the Lord to cast the tree into the sea. We are supposed to speak to the tree and the tree will obey us. Remember, prophesy unto the problem, speak to the dry bones. In answer to the apostles' request to give them more faith, Jesus said, you don't need more faith, guys. You just need to use the faith you have by speaking it. Luke 17, 6 and Matthew 17, 20 contain three great secrets of faith. One, faith works like a seed. Two, 
you must plant it to get the benefit of that seed. And three, you plant faith by speaking it. The kingdom operates by the principle of sowing and reaping. Remember, as, a, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, it says in Mark 4, 26. You know, from studying the teachings of Jesus, uh, Peter, James, and others, I believe seeds can't be planted in your heart unless you first speak words. They'll never get in there unless you speak them there. They're, they're in the mouth first, then in the heart, according to Romans 10 and 8. And in verse 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing the word. Look, most of my relatives were farmers. And one thing I learned from them, which should be common sense, is that when planting seeds, you have to leave them in the ground. <laughs> that would have been a very strange conversation to walk out in the cornfield and see one of my uncles digging up the ground. Hey, uncle, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just checking the seeds to see if they're growing. Huh? No, that would be dumb. Likewise, for someone planting seeds of faith, once the seed is planted, it's in the ground. It's in your heart. You no longer have it. Don't be digging it up by confessing doubt and unbelief. You know, often people use the phrase, well, I'm believing for this, or I'm believing for that. In fact, I've said it myself. But if you're believing for it, you're in the process, but you haven't believed yet. See, once you've believed it, it's settled. Once the seed is planted, you don't go back and dig it up. It's the substance of what you desire, uh, what you hope for, what image you formed in your imagination. Praise God for it even though it's not in your literal possession yet, because you have believed, past tense, you shall receive. If you say, I'm believing for this, then you're in the process of believing. But when you say, I have believed it, I have believed God for it, then it's settled. The seed is planted. You no longer have it. You've traded faith for the thing you believed. When you go to the store, you put all the groceries in the cart. Then you take them to the cash register, right? The cashier tells you the amount of the groceries. And let's say you pay by cash and lay your money on the counter. And then after your groceries are bagged, you pick up both your money and the groceries and start out the door. <laughs> the cashier will say, hey, wait a minute. You have to leave one of them behind here, either the groceries or the money. You can't leave with both. Look, when you believed, you settled it. You planted your faith. Don't dig it up with negative confessions of doubt and unbelief because you can't have both the seed and the harvest. You've already believed. Leave your faith planted and confess the harvest. Let's look at the conversation between Jesus and the centurion in, in Matthew 8, verses 6 to 9. The centurion said, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Wow. <laughs> when Jesus heard these words, he stopped and preached a sermon right there. It says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. A faith that made Jesus marvel is worth taking a closer look at, wouldn't you agree? The centurion believed that the spoken word of Jesus was sufficient to produce his miracle. He didn't need Jesus to come to his house. He had faith in Jesus' word. Therefore, we can see 
that the person who simply believes the written word of God is operating in a much higher form of faith than the person who requires additional proof. Remember Thomas needed to see the nail print in Jesus' hand in order to believe? Jesus said, blessed rather are they that have not seen and yet have believed in John 20 and verse 29. He means seen in the physical realm. What he wants is for us to see it in the spirit realm first, in our imaginations. That's perfectly okay. This centurion was a Gentile. He was a Roman. He wasn't under the covenant that God had with Israel. Yet Jesus said his was the greatest faith he had ever seen in all of Israel. Wow. Then Jesus said, go your way. And as you have believed, notice past tense, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in this very same hour. Look, the centurion released his faith when he said to Jesus, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He wasn't believing. He had already believed. He planted the seed and left it in the ground. Jesus said to him, as you have believed, not as you are believing, so it be done unto you. You see, words are your servants. Jesus said in a parable in Luke 17, 7 through 9, But which of you having a servant, plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by when he's come in from the field, Go and sit down to eat? And will he not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and after you shall eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. <laughs> I always love that word. That's basically old English for, I don't think so. The basic point Jesus was making is that we aren't using the faith we have. It's like uh, a lazy servants. They, they aren't living up to their full potential. We don't thank a servant for his service as if it was voluntary. It's his duty. Likewise, our faith is there to serve us. We need to use it. That's why God gave it to us. We don't need more faith. We just need to use what we have. It's more than enough. Look, a tiny amount can move a sycamine tree just by talking to it. That ought to be enough to handle whatever our problems are, right? Listen, we can state the point of these verses in, in, in two different ways. Faith is a servant of the believer or faith-filled words are the servant of the believer. Well, actually, I guess we could say it in three ways. The sycamine tree obeys you. The sycamine tree obeys your words. The sycamine tree obeys your faith. You see, in Bible days, no master had his servant rest or eat before serving him. As soon as the servant came in from plowing or feeding cattle, he cooked the meal and then fed the master. And then he ate the leftovers. Remember, Jesus said in Mark 4.26, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. See, faith-filled words become your seeds, uh, your servants working for you day in and day out. When they bring in the victory, you don't say to your words, hey, since you won that victory, I'm going to let you relax a few days. <laughs> when they're through with one job, don't let them lie around and get lazy. After spending a long day working, the servant in Luke 17 came home to do more work. This is simply to say that Living by faith is not something special that only the super saints are supposed to do. 
The Lord expects all of his children to live supernatural lives of faith. Again, look at Matthew 12, 36, where Jesus said, we will give an account of every idle word spoken. If you let your servant faith-filled words lie around idle, you'll give an account of them. The NIV, uh, the Revised Standard Version, the American Standard Bible, and Weymouth's New Testament all render that Greek word argos, which was translated idle here in the King James, as careless. Argos literally means inactive, that is, unemployed by implication, lazy, useless, according to Strong's Concordance. The Amplified Bible Classic Edition says inoperative or non-working. See, as the master kept the servant working in Luke 17, we have to keep our words working. We do that by speaking the thing desired, your, your, your God-given dream, the vision you formed in your imagination, giving your words a new assignment. See, what's in your imagination that you can assign your words to? Put them to work. Don't let them get lazy and relax after a couple of victories. So some things to remember are learn to use your faith as a seed. Plant your faith by speaking it. Once a seed is planted, don't dig it up. Faithful words are your servants. They work for you day and night. Keep your words working. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode where S.D. Smith teaches how all things are possible through God's word.